listening to The Train Gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Welcome to the latest installment of Trade Gods. I am your host, Maddie Kiwum, and of course, I am joined by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man himself, Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? Nothing too much, you know. How I feel about my Thursday nights, man. I am excited. I am ready to break down some trades tonight. It's going to be great. We've got a great episode lined up. and I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. Got a, a great episode indeed. You know, we got even more Ken Walker the third trades to break down. This might be the most popular man on the trade market today. Seems like every single week we're talking about Ken Walker. We got some more to break down. And, of course, we got some buys and some sells. And we are joined by a very special guest, Jay. Let the people listening know who's tuning in with us tonight. Yeah, man, we have our friend, our guy, the guy who hosts, co-hosts the Writer's Roundtable on Wednesday nights with Seth and writes tons of articles. We're collabing with him for the uh, win your leagues or whatever with the player profiler staff. You know, yep. we're picking yep. these breakout guys. Yep. Players. Yep. You know, we've got so many things going on right now at Player Profiler right now. And a big man, a part of this is, of course, Matt Babbage, who's joining us right now. We are so excited to have him. So let's get right into it. Matt, what is going on, my friend? How's it going? Thank you for joining the Trade Gods. We have to do a little arranging as we typically do when it comes to our overlays, but here we are. What's going on, Matt? <laughs> Man, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Jason, thank you so much for that introduction. That was awesome. I'm, I'm blushing. It's hard to see in the, in the camera. <laughs> uh, for those who let the podcast listeners know that, that I am blushing, I'm flattered. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's happy. It's, it's great to be outside of the roundtable. You know, we were on Mock Draft Live on Monday and and here on Thursday, so we're we're making the rounds across the across the stream this week. So so excited to talk some trades. Well, why don't we dive right on into the very first trade tonight? It is a bit of a doozy. It's a fun one. We got some bangers here tonight. So let's dive right on into the first trade of the night. It is part of a ten team PPR Superflex. Two tight ends. You start two tight ends, which is very pivotal to this trade. Start 13. Some mm -hmm. pretty deep starting rosters. Matt, let's look at this deal here. Mark Andrews, Ken Walker third in a 24-third for George Kittle, Sky Moore, Travis Etienne, and Chig Ukonku. How do you see this trade breaking down? What do you like here? Yeah, so a big part of these is obviously team structure. And so I'm assuming who got the the, the, the team who received the top is a win-now team. And if if we're rocking ten teams, you know, I, I think the the trick to this trade, right, is is two tight ends, and you can get swayed easily by seeing Kittle and Conquo. But the win now value they can get out of Ken Walker and Mark Andrews right now is is greater than all of these pieces to me. So Andrews over Kittle by a decent margin this season, and then Ken Walker over Etn this season and next season. So th those are two similar assets, but I think Ken Walker's valued higher. And then, you know, it comes down to, you can get, you know, the 2024 third 
It's close. It's close. But I'm leaning the Andrews and Walker side because I'm trying to win a championship now. There's a lot of fragility with Kittle. There's some uncertainty with you know the team dynamic and what this team's going to look like, who's going to be the quarterback. Sky Moore just unfortunately is in a, in a clustered situation where he hasn't really fired, so I can't weigh him very highly. And so if I'm a win-now team, I'm absolutely smashing the top half of this trade. If I'm trying to rebuild, I can consider I can consider the bottom, but if I'm moving off of Andrews and Walker in a two tight end league in a rebuild, I'm not trading for Kittle. So that's kind of my that's kind of my hang up with the bottom part. Um, yeah, so I'm taking the top half. Does the does your Conquo side kind of soften that blow for you? Because I agree with you. Sure. Kittle has that volatility, even when he's healthy. My man is five points, five points, twenty eight points. Like he's super volatile in, in how he kind of puts his how he scores week to week so does that Okonkwu addition make it closer for you or is Okonkwu just kind of a the cherry on top here it does it makes it closer 100 there's a lot of appeal to Chick Okonkwu he's he's one of the clubhouse leaders for this season's breakout tight end that being said there's no guarantee that this Titans passing offense takes any sort of leap forward year over year and Chica Conquo was a player that flashed through efficiency. And so you're betting on that to, to stay consistent if he does get some sort of increased target share. And so while I do love the upside of Chica Conquo and I'm normal majorly taking bets on him. Right. I, I think the, it, it all, I guess it all depends on your, you know, your um, tolerance for risk. But and I think what you know, I think this is a good lesson to learn for everyone watching and tuning in is that you can be a fan of what Chig Okonkwu can present your fantasy team without necessarily vying for him in your trade, you know, in how you make a trade. Because, like I said, Andrews and Ken Walker is a more certain value where Okonkwu we're projecting because, like you said, he's very efficient, but. Can efficiency translate with increased volume? That's what we're going to learn in 2023. Jason, what do you think about this trade? I think it's a fun one. I'll start with that. Uh, no one loves a fun trade like Jason. Nobody loves a fun trade like Jason. <laughs> you know, and I'm still, I might have to put my old man pants back on and be like, why don't can't become Mr. Be- Allwine? Jay, <laughs> Matt, I don't know if you tuned in a couple weeks ago when he became get off my lawn, Mr. Get off Allwine. my lawn. Yep. I, <laughs> I watched it back. I, watched it. I went back. <laughs> All right. I, Mr. Is coming out. <laughs> is it Mr. Allwine or it Jay? What are we doing here? I, I just might have to put it back on because I just don't understand why this trade can't just be George Kittle and Chigaquanquo for Mark Andrews. And then like Travis Etienne and Sky Moore for Kenneth Walker. Like those just feel like two trades that should happen separately. You mix it together and then based on how I just said it right now, this third round pick is being thrown into it. So I do think that that kind of sets it over a top, but really what is a third round pick besides an extra dart throw? I think with this, with two tight ends start 13, I'm going to lean towards the asset side overall. I like the upside that we're probably going to see with Oconquo. I know the Titans don't pass a lot, but one of the primary targets and they primarily play action heavy offense is usually the tight end, especially an athletic tight end like Chico Quanquo. Mm-hmm. So I'm betting on him a lot next season and going forward. Sky Moore, everything coming out of camp right now is that he's starting to even become Patrick Mahomes' favorite target right now in the offseason. That could end up being Travis huge. Kelsey still plays there. Right, right. Okay. Besides Kelsey, sorry. Number one receiver, right? So the number two Fair. still Fair. on this on the team that's passing the ball 650 times a year. 
even the number four is valuable. But a guy now going into his second year with that kind of skill set, I mean, people were taking him in the first round of rookie drafts last year. So I, I think I like all those assets. Travis Etienne is very close to Kenneth Walker and that they're both highly efficient running backs or supposed to be highly efficient running backs in Travis Etienne's case. Uh, and then it's just, you know, kind of the difference between Kittle and Andrews. But if we're just looking this season in particular, you know, you're probably going to get similar enough production by the end of the year with Kittle, especially if things are progressing the way that they seem to be with Brock Purdy. I think he'll end up being fine and getting two startable tight ends is pretty good, especially two probably top 10 tight ends next year for Mark Andrews. So I think I'll side with the asset side overall, but I mean, it's definitely incredibly close and you can never complain about getting the two best assets in Mark Andrews and Kenneth Walker. Shout out to Disco Stu in the chat. He's asking a question though, Jay. Mandrews, is he the number one tight end in Dynasty? Absolutely. I would almost still say it's Kelsey. There's <laughs> a, a four... Is a, a four-year difference. Hear me disagree with yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, I agree that the the difference yeah. of age is enough in dynasty. So he, but, but I think the real question is Andrews versus Pitts. Is the is the true question for dynasty long term? Is it Pitts or is it Andrews, guys? It's Andrews. It's Andrews. We're not seeing enough volume in the Atlanta Falcons pass offense nor is he ever probably going to be the main target getter on this offense. There's mm-hmm. an outside chance that B. John Robinson gets more targets than, than Kyle Pitts next year. An outside chance, but it's there. It's, yeah. Quote yeah, that I, one. Yeah. Put that on socials. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, clip it. Yeah, I, you know, the, I, I understand what both you guys are pick, uh, you know, picking up, what both you guys are putting down. But I'm going to side with Matt here. Andrews, Ken Walker, those are two bona fide assets. The 10-team start 13 kind of nullifies itself. It's deep enough where the 10-team isn't super, super shallow. But I still want those absolute studs here. So either way, very, very fair trade. But before we get into trade number two, let's hear from the Podfather as he talks about rival fantasy. Oh, baseball season's heating up. It's all about baseball right now. You know, eh, baseball, baseball. Yeah, baseball is the most exploitable of the sports, especially on Rival Fantasy, rivalfantasy.com. Go there now. They have the fantasy book where you can take over under a certain number of fantasy points, and they have challenges where you can take player X or player Y. I get great pleasure out of fading Mike Trout into oblivion. And then don't forget about fantasy bingo, where you can say, okay, I think Acuna's going to steal a base today. I think that Freddie Freeman's going to have two hits based on the matchup. The lefty-righty and the pitcher-quality matchups that you could exploit are unlike any other sport. Go to RivalFantasy.com. Use the promo code PLAYER. They refund any losses up to 50 bucks, and they are a great supporter of Player Profiler. Absolutely. Play Rival Fantasy today. Here we are. Trade number two, boys. This is a 12-team half-point PPR Superflex star 11. Team A is receiving Cooper Cup. Team B is receiving Michael Pittman Jr., a 2025 first rounder, not a 24, but a 25, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Jay, how do you see the show? Oh, excuse me. Mr. Allwine, how do you see this trade playing out? Hey, I mean, this is a clean trade, right? We're sending some wide receivers for one. We're not throwing in a random stud tight end to also get acquired in this trade. Like, this is a trade for Cooper Cup. So, you know, Mr. Jason is is not here right now. This is a fair trade to break down. Uh, if I'm trading Cooper Cup, 
and not contending. This is exactly the type of package that I'm looking to get, except I probably would rather have a 24 first over the 25 first. And I think you probably could have gotten it given the question marks around Michael Pittman and the unfair fading of Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's a guy that I think is going way too low in drafts right now. Uh, and honestly isn't commanding a high enough trade value just based on a projected role for him as the wide receiver two on an offense that we're all expecting to take a step forward with Deshaun Watson, hopefully bouncing back. So uh, getting two young wide receivers and a future first is a fantastic haul. I wish it was a 2024 first, but I think, I think that this is definitely fair enough. And given that I'm assuming the team getting cup is competing, and the team that is trading away cup is no longer anymore. This is, I, I honestly can't even really pick a side, but uh, I'll pick the cup side because it's a 25 first. Okay. All right. That's fair enough, Matt. So let me present this trade to you in a different way. Let's say you roster Cooper cup, and this is the offer in front of you in a 12 team half point PPR start 11 league. Are you hitting the accept button? And then feel free to talk about the trade as you will. If I have Cooper cup, and I am a contender, as it is outlined on the show sheet. I'm not hitting accept because, mm-hmm. Maddie, you said, I can't remember if it was on the game plan or a different or this show or, or a different show, but you said you were talking about the Rams, right? And if you sell your soul for the championship and you win it's it, it's worth it. It's mm-hmm. worth it. And mm-hmm. if you pass up this offer to keep Cooper Cup on a potential wide receiver three season, and win your league this year, it's worth it. You can figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. So if I have cup and I'm a contender, I'm I'm selling or sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm staying. If I if I have cup on, and yeah. I need to rebuild, I still don't know if I'm there with this offer because unlike Jason, I am completely out on Donovan Peoples Jones. This is Cooper right. Cup for Michael Pittman in a first to me. Okay. And and then and then in that situation, I 100% agree with Jason, where I have to have a 2024 first to to start talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the appeal for Donovan Peoples Jones. I, I just he wasn't winning routes last season. He was almost third on the team in target share behind David and Joku, and he, on a 20% target share and a top 20 target quality rating and 80% catchable target rate. He had less than 10 fantasy points per game, 47th in the league. Now, he had an extraordinarily low touchdown rate, uh, so only three touchdowns all season. So w- with the, the offense taking the step that we think it will, you know, we expect that to, to increase a little bit. But with the entrance of Elijah Moore and even the drafting of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Cedric Tillman, Yes. Yes. Okay. There's there's just not a lot of guarantee that Seth or that Seth freaking pop it up. Ah, Seth's on the brain. He's popping up in the chair. He's popping up in your brain. There's no guarantee that Seth Dewald is not the the Cleveland Browns (laughs) wide receiver three. It could be anybody this year. (laughs) So I'm not quite there if I'm if I need to sell Cooper Cup if I'm trying to rebuild. But I don't. It it, that just all depends on you know your prerogative. You know your your view with of Donovan Peoples Jones. I love Michael Pittman. Uh, you know, even with bad quarterback play, he was first last year in total route wins, third in route win rate with an over fifty four percent win rate, and he was also ninth in you know top ten in terms of win rate versus man coverage. So he can win, but I'm if I'm even if I'm not necessarily contending, 
I'm still not selling Cooper Cup right here for this return because what, in my opinion, the secondary assets both fall short. And what I mean by that is a 25 first. Let's talk about the 25 first a year from now, guys. To 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 use to think of that as your, you know, an anchoring asset when you're trading a guy like Cooper Cup away. It's just not enough to get me excited. And then I'm with you, Matt. I'm Jonathan Peoples Jones. I just maybe in a best ball format, this inflates his value a tad. But not enough for me to get excited. If now, if this was a 24 first in Michael Pittman, you're getting my in- you're getting me interested. If this is Elijah Moore instead of Donovan Peoples Jones, I'm getting interested. So where this owner fell short, in my opinion, was the secondary assets. But you know, Pittman is the type of player that I'm targeting if I have that win now asset. You know, your Cooper Cups, your Tyree Kills, Stephon Diggs, and you're not thinking you're a competitor now. Michael Pittman Jr. is someone I definitely want to make my primary asset that I'm going after, but both of these secondary assets fall a tad short for me. So if this was, you know, if this was proposed to me and I rostered Cup, I'm going to hold on a Cup here. So I think I think the person who traded Cup could have got a little bit more. Let's move on to the third trade. This is another 12 team half point PPR super flex tight end premium with a very Fun little nugget here, boys. A point two points per carry. So how does this play into this running back trade? Start 11, David Montgomery in a 24 second for Damian Pierce in a 24 fourth. Matt, which side of this trade do you want? Well, the point two points per carry means that for every carry that Damian Pierce out carries David Montgomery in, because let's be, if, if Seth, I know he's in the chat. If you want to do another bet on carries between David Montgomery and Damian Pierce, I'm right here because anyone who thinks Montgomery is out carrying Pierce is delusional. So you're getting double the normal gap just from carries. And they're, they're, it's almost guaranteed, not guaranteed, but almost guaranteed that Damian Pierce gets a, a higher percentage of targets in that offense with Jameer Gibbs being the effective pass catcher that he is. The only thing with this trade that confuses me, first of all, I'm on the Damian Pierce and and fourth side if I'm if I'm a win now and I'm on the David Montgomery in 2024 second if I'm if I'm struggling. Although two things, if you're making this trade from the sending Pierce side, a I don't know if now is the time to sell. He's pretty undervalued right now, and he's the touch leader in that backfield. There's not a lot of talent for for catching targets. So we could have a an increase from his number six ranked running of running backs opportunity share in this offense. No matter what you think of this offense, it can't get much worse than it was last year. So Pierce is in a really appetizing situation for 2023. So if you're looking to sell, you can get more out of him than David Montgomery in a 2024 second. And if you're selling Damian Pierce, why are you buying David Montgomery? What yeah. what I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd Not have sure to imagine that. that second is very enticing to this 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 team manager for sure. It has. I agree be. with you. There's really not. There's nothing about the difference of Montgomery to to Pierce that would allow you to be like, this is my target. I agree with you. This, why? I'm going to target Damian. Uh, I'm going to use Damian Pierce to get David Montgomery. Feels like a a lesser version, a washed down version. Even last year. David Montgomery played pretty much every game. He had 206 carries. Last year, in only 13 games, Damian Pierce had 220. So you brought up that point two points per carry does make a difference here. But what I'm assuming is 
they're getting lost in the sauce when it comes to that second. And that second was enticing enough to pull the trigger. But Jason, let me ask you this. Let's say you have Damian Pierce and someone comes to you and says, I'll give you Montgomery in a 24 second. Are you hitting the accept button? Probably not because I mean, as you guys just said, Damian Pierce is just younger and better David Montgomery. So I'm not really worried yeah. about that. I, I I literally think they're the same height and weight and have a very similar shape of the way their their profile goes. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. so um, I, it's the same profile, accurate. same dude. Sorry, it's accurate. No, they're exactly two, two pounds apart. They're, they're the exact. <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's I'm gonna ride with Damian Pierce there. Uh, we might we'll definitely be talking about this guys. Tune in to the overtime segment we're going to be talking about cj stroud and bryce young whenever that gets released and i am actually a big believer in the houston texans maybe not like in 2023 but just going forward and damian pierce could end up being a big part of that i know devin singletary is going to take like something away and he has been a good football player but i i think i'm I, damian pierce has a role in this offense definitely going to get more carries than david montgomery Maybe not as many touchdowns, but even then, it's probably going to be close enough to where Pierce is definitely just the better running back to own. And the difference between a fourth and a second is huge, but could end that second could, you know, be essentially the end of the second, making it a third round pick. And maybe that fourth ends up being the first of the fourth round. So it's a third for a third almost, too, in some way. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to ramble anymore. Give me the Damian Pierce side. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I'm not a big Damian Pierce believer, but I don't think this is enough to trade away a guy who could potentially be a bell cow back in an offense that we are hoping does take a step forward all around. You know, having a number two overall pick, CJ Stroud coming to town should help, you know, everything in that offense. I wonder this though. Do you think that the person acquiring David Montgomery saw the 260-plus carries Jamal Williams got in this Detroit offense last year and goes, David Montgomery's going to get a ton of touches? Or are we all in the agreement here that Jameer Gibbs is going to keep enough touches to himself where Montgomery doesn't eclipse that 260 mark? It's crazy because Jamal Williams said that one that one line on Hard Knocks that sounded really cool. It was great. And then then because of that, everybody decided, hey, we don't care that touchdowns and red zone efficiency is incredibly unreliable season over season because this guy was cool on a TV show in the summer. David Montgomery (laughs) is going to come in and do the same thing. So I'm just going to write in 10 touchdowns for David Montgomery. What are we doing? I mean, it was a great line. If you're going to piss like a puppy, stay on the porch was was a great Hall of Fame level. It was a great level. But yeah, when you look at Jamal Williams, like, I mean, what do you have? Nine touchdowns from the one yard line. I think 12 or 14, 12 to 14 of his 17 touchdowns came within the four. Yeah, Yeah, it it was egregious. (laughs) <laughs> it was egregious, but I think we're all kind of in compl- We're all on the same page here. We want the Damian Pierce side, and the the round two doesn't sway it enough in, in terms of downgrading from Pierce to Montgomery. So let's get on to trade number four. Another ten team leaguer. Hey, these ten teamers are out in full flux here tonight. PPR Superflex tight end premium start ten. So very shallow rosters here, or should I say starting rosters? Jarek McKinnon and the two oh seven which became Roshan Johnson for Gabe Davis in a 24-5th. Jason, you have first dibs on this trade. Which side are you taking? I'm taking the Roshan-Jarek McKinnon side, definitely still. I was hoping 
I think Roshan's obviously still a great pick there, but I was kind of hoping just for argument's sake that that was maybe Jaden Reed or Marvin Mims. I think that would have made a more exciting segment, but it wasn't. It's Drake McKinnon and Roshan Johnson. Definitely taking both of those, probably both of those assets over Gabe Davis. Maybe, maybe. Uh, and then I don't, I don't know why we even have to talk about a fifth round pick. This isn't an IDP league. That's a tax squad <laughs> player for the next two years. So yeah, give me McKinnon and uh, Roshan. Would you say that you would take? Would you? Would you take? You said you'd take McKinnon over Gabe Davis, just straight up. I might. I'm, if I if I if I need running back help more than wide receiver help, I think I would. I think I would. Damn, I thought I, I thought I was going to be forward thinking by saying this in my part of the segment, and then I was like, did Jason just? Did Jason just <laughs> agree with me on this take? <laughs> like the winner, the it's winner nothing. of the trade was just the one who sent away Gabe Davis. The rest of it. <laughs> But, but like dead serious, anybody you can take at the 207 this year, I'm taking over Gabe Davis straight up. It doesn't matter yeah. how poorly your your draft goes. I'm taking Jaden Reed over Gabe Davis. I'm taking Marvin Mims over Gabe Davis. Give me somebody with a solid prospect profile with decent draft capital who has yet to bust in the NFL. Gabe Davis has done it season over season over season, and it's the experiment is over. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm not a big Gabe Davis believer. And even if this was a best ball format, well, then you're getting all the Jarek McKinnon spike weeks too. That kind of nullifies itself. I don't like the type of player that Gabe Davis is. I mean, let's just say he goes three weeks in a row, giving you less than 10 points. You're going to be inclined to bench him. And then all of a sudden in a difficult matchup, he catches a 98 yarder and that's that. Yeah. I don't like these type of players. And you're telling me I can get a running back version of that? I'll take it. We all know when the bullets are flying and you are getting the chaos of a fantasy season, you need these running backs. So give me the volatile running back over the receiver that has a similar kind of you know pop rate in terms yep. of fantasy. And then to get Roshan Johnson on yeah. top of that. Roshan Johnson might be the best player in this deal if we're reviewing this <laughs> yeah. you know, a year from now. So <laughs> yeah. to get McKinnon and Roshan for Gabe Davis, this is a trade you have to make. And I think it's a trade that in some home leagues, it might have appealed to some people. I don't know if people are all yeah. that excited about McKinnon in home leagues. They're not. They're not. Yeah. And, they're, and people in home leagues are excited about Gabe Davis. He's still the wide receiver, too, on the Bills, sort of. So Exactly. Uh, it, <laughs> no, you hit the nail on the head. There's still some appeal to Gabe Davis. But I was actually lucky enough to write about Roshan Johnson in the world-famous draft kit. You know, we, we all contributed a ton to this. We're all very proud that it's out. We're very, very excited for it. Matt, what was one of your favorite players to either talk about or write about? That's a very interesting question because he's actually a part of the next trade that we're going to talk about. But I, uh, you know, apologies to Jason who was sick. So I, I took, I did Dak Prescott <laughs> for him. But um, as I was preparing it, I thought I was going to be very lukewarm on Dak in 2023. And as I started forming the take, I started realizing I'm actually not as in on Dak Prescott as consensus is because you have guys like Kirk Cousins and Tua and Daniel Jones who not only outperform Dak in terms of fantasy points per game, but have offensive situations where they could tick up their passing production. And Dak Prescott is now likely in a situation where they're going to reel back their passing production. And when you look at all the wrong things are happening to Dak for the Pat, for the Cowboys passing game this off season. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of positives for 
for Minnesota with getting Jordan Addison and, and losing Dalvin Cook, insinuating that they're going to be relying more on the pass more than ever this year. And then Daniel Jones getting getting at a second year under the new offensive coordinator, that new head coach, Brian Dable, and now having Darren Waller at his disposal. So three people that outperform Dak and are all going behind Dak in drafts despite having Ooh. better situations going into 2023. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay tuned for the next trade that we are going to break down because it will be a doozy because it involves a couple of the guys Matt just talked about. But before we do that, let's hear a little bit about that draft kit. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. world famous draft kit if you get the all in package and use the promo code <clears throat> i'm gonna mute their mics maddie get it done. <laughs> I, I still don't have a promo code seth you seth don't use maddie we me and matt make sure a lot letter on it use the promo code maddie all right so the fifth trade boys that we are going to break down involves two of the players that Matt alluded to before the commercial break, Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott. 12-team half-point PPR, Superflex, start 11. Daniel Jones, Najee Harris in a 24 first for Dak Prescott, Ken Walker the third in a 2024 third-round pick. I have a strong inkling I know where Matt's going to side on this, so why don't we start with you, Jason. Which side of this trade do you like better? Uh, probably the same side that Matt likes. And I, I mean, he just gave an eloquent speech about, you know, the, the difference between Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott, how Daniel Jones already outperformed Dak Prescott is somehow cheaper. So I'll leave that to him. I'll let you talk, have the quarterback talk. I'll talk about Najee Harris and Kenneth Walker, which we kind of already talked about Kenneth Walker earlier. And we're going to talk about Najee Harris later in the show. So I'll keep it short. If I own Kenneth Walker, Najee Harris is the exact type of running back that I want to be trading for if I'm worried about Zach Charbonnet. Me personally, not too worried about Zach Charbonnet. But if you are, you can go get Najee Harris, a first-round pick that is projected to have 
basically a bell cow role that you want for Kenneth Walker, the exact thing that Najee Harris actually will have and will succeed with in an offense that's taking a step forward. Plus to get a first round pick thrown in, I'm definitely on the Daniel Jones, Najee Harris first round pick side. Not, not, not too crazy close either, to be honest. Matt, anything else you'd like to add? I know you kind of dove into the two players, but anything you want to add about this trade specifically and how you see it playing out? Sorry, muted. Already laid out my argument for for Daniel Jones over Dak Prescott, but Jason kind of hit on the key part of this trade, and it's because it's it's that Najee Harris is a very similar short term asset to Kenneth Walker. We're looking at two running backs who are going to see a bulk of the opportunity share, and depending on how this Zach Charbonnet situation plays out, and with Jalen Warren with the hype that he's getting. You know, there, there's they have a a backup who could contend for touches, but are both most likely going to to be the the supreme leader of touches in the backfield. So you're getting a better quarterback, a similar short term asset at running back, and a 2024 first. So in future capital, I I truly don't see any part of the bottom side that that's appealing, no matter what your team structure is. This is a great bamboozling, in my opinion, because I don't think that the downgrade if there is one at quarterback and you guys saying it's an upgrade and I would have to, I don't know if I agree in 2023. I still think Dak Prescott's ceiling's awfully high, but let's yeah. talk about Daniel Jones though. The good rushing floor, very efficient last year, first yeah. in true completion percentage, third in red zone completion percentage. And I know that's not necessarily a, 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 an indicator of future success per se, but we all know that when it comes to the game of football, when you shrink the field, it's tougher for these quarterbacks to make the right passes and make the right reads. So the fact that Daniel Jones, when this field got a lot shorter, was able to make the right plays and complete the right passes does speak to his potential upside. Second year in Dayball's system, like you said, Matt, and they only threw the ball. The Giants were 25th last year in pass plays per game. So there's still significant uh, uh, levels that this offense can go to in terms of volume that truly accelerates Daniel Jones, who is already a top 10 producer on a points per game basis. And then you go from Ken Walker to Najee. Again, I think we're all on the same page there where, yeah, I think in a vacuum, we'd rather have Ken Walker, but Najee Harris, if you tell me he's the, you know, running back 12 next year and Ken Walker's running back 10, that's, Fine with me. I mean, we're not talking about a big difference. We're talking about a quarterback that has a higher ceiling or at least a similar ceiling. And then getting a 24 first? Yeah. Yep. That first is such a nice kicker on the end of this trade. Right. Such a big trade. Because now let's just say here, Daniel Jones is firing like we're all saying he might. Najee Harris, we all love the schedule. We like this offense. Let's say he's balling out. Now you have a new fun coupon to go spend. And what could that become? Maybe you go back to this owner and say, listen, you know, something to work out here. We're talking about a 24 first. These, these 24 firsts will have a ton of value. You know, Chase was on, uh, uh, you know, a month and a half ago with Jason, and they were talking about the importance of 24 firsts. And it gets lost kind of in this loss at this point of the year. But, you know, getting one now is nice to be able to spend throughout the year. So I think we're all on the same page where you have, if you're a member of the NFC East, give us the Daniel Jones side of this NFC, NFC East trade for sure. Mm -hmm. Trade number six. I'm excited to see how this breaks down in your minds, guys. This is Team A receiving Tyler Lockett, Alexander Madison, and to get those two players, they're getting trading away. Sam Donald, who you might be saying yourself right now, 
Why are these boys about to talk to Sam about Sam Donald? Well, get ready because we have two trades coming up that involve Mr. Donald. And there's also Elijah Moore and a Dwayne McBride player in this trade. So a five-team deal and a 12-team PPR Superflex 2.0 tight end premium, 1.5 running back premium, star 11. These extra factors, whew, they'll get your head spinning. Matt, how do you see this trade breaking down? Yeah, so to start, to those who are you know complaining about us talking about Sam Darnold, it's just the unfortunate fact that we're in a position where we have to. Because (laughs) as much as it pains me to admit it, if Brock Purdy is not ready for week one, it's going to be Sam Darnold starting games. And we're getting more and more – it's getting more and more likely that if Brock Purdy doesn't succeed and gets pulled at some point in the season, the guy who will come in and replace him is Sam Darnold. So he's got to be talked about in the same conversation as every other backup in an ambiguous situation, which if you read the Dynasty Dominator Reloaded book, which I suggest you go out and buy and read, it's a quick one but very effective, you know that that's the type of quarterback that you're supposed to be targeting in Superflex leagues because one play happens and then all of a sudden he doubles in value right mm-hmm. away. So that being said, I'm taking the top half here because <laughs> 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 I love the mystery. It's enticing. <laughs> At the same time, you can still get a lot of quarterbacks who would have near, who would have similar value if they were to be, plugged into a starting situation like Darnold and get better assets. So if you're if you're a struggling team, right, you don't need to sell your soul to get a Sam Darnold. That doesn't that doesn't help you at all. You actually you want to be losing games. You don't want Sam Darnold. And if you're winning now, you want the assets that are going to help you win now, which are, are Alexander Madison and Tyler Lockett. So mm-hmm. it, it it no matter how you kind of shake it, it just makes more sense to have Tyler Lockett and Alexander Madison. I know Lockett's getting up there in age, but he hasn't really shown signs of hitting that cliff yet. So you, we likely have two to three more years of usable production should he stay healthy. And so Elijah Moore, big question mark. Dwayne McBride, big question mark. So you're getting, you're getting some. This is like a value package. Like you pack up a bunch of, you buy three, get one free, and then you exchange that for something bigger. You exchange like three, like the little small bears at the at the carnival for one of the big ones. <laughs> That's what this is. This is a cashing in of bears. I love it, Jason. Which side of this trade do you want? Yeah, I mean, before we get into it, I'm just going to take the Tyler Lockett, Alexander Madison side. Not a huge Madison guy at all, and. In fact, using Madison to get Dwayne McBride plus, I think is a fantastic genius move. I do believe that Dwayne McBride will break out in this offense at some point. I think it speaks volumes that Minnesota did decide to draft him, even if it was just in the seventh round. This is a knucklehead factor that played into it. The dude just had some character concerns. Teams didn't quite believe in him, but he is a baller. Led all college players in yards last season, had over 20 rush touchdowns. That's the type of profile in college production that is better than Alexander Madison, to be honest. That's a plug-and-play type situation, and they'll probably go with the younger guy on a cheaper rookie contract at some point. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Elijah Moore at all. Really? I'm I'm just not. I I think I might have still been on the Elijah Moore train if he stayed in New York. I I just I don't like to buy into wide receivers switching teams, especially early in their career. 
it's just it's such a hard situation to come out of. We talked about them drafting Cedric Tillman. We talked about me believing in Donovan Peoples-Jones. To another degree, I highly believe in David Njoku as well, that I just don't know if there's going to be enough to go around. And this guy, he's going to be efficient when he gets the ball, but I don't think he's ever even going to eclipse wide receiver two on this offense, probably stuck down at three forever. And that's fine, right? I mean, there's a place for that, but I don't think he really has the ceiling that people – Hope he does and wish he did because I believe he was wide receiver two from week eight on in his rookie year, uh, had a fantastic stretch. Uh, and then, you know, just didn't really tap into that again. I do believe say, uh, Brock Purdy will be ready week one. And I do believe he'll continue to play as well as he did and lead this 49ers offense uh, the way he did. So I'm not too into getting Sam Darnold at this point because when Brock Purdy is announced as the week one starter, Sam Darnold is going to be dropped in a plethora of leagues. So uh, it's just, it's, it's, we talk about this show all the time. This is trading 420 or $100 bill for 420s, right? Did not even getting the whole $100, hoping that Sam Darnold eventually makes that value, makes it equal. But right now, as it stands, it's just not an equal trade at all. It takes, it's going to take a lot for it to become equal. So just give me the guys that are actually playing football next year. Well, let me just let me just say this one thing. <laughs> round of applause because your boy's the one that acquired Tyler Lockett and Alexander Madison <laughs> in this trade. So yes, all right. I won't have any analysis because obviously I'm happy that Matt and Jason agree with me that making this trade was the right process. All right, let's go. <laughs> like I said, we had not one but two trades in uh, involving Sam Donald. Here's the second one. This is part of a 12-team PPR Superflex 1.75 tight end premium start 10. 25 third and a 24 third for Sam Darnold. So you were talking about this about this previous, you know, you mentioned this in the previous trade map. Getting these quarterbacks. Is this the right price to get a quarterback like Sam Darnold? No. All right, give me the thirds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the give thirds. Me the third. <laughs> like, give me those thirds. You know what those thirds are? Those are two 2023 starting quarterbacks. Well, this year you could get two 2023 starting quarterbacks at some point with third round picks in Stetson Bennett and Clayton Toon. Same story is going to happen in 2024 and 2025. You're going to be able to get some backup rookie quarterback that has to play a few games. The same exact situation that Sam Darnold is in now, but younger and potentially better as well. So give me those thirds. Those are some fun dart throws. You can flip the 2024 third for Baker Mayfield and get the same result with more guaranteed starts. <laughs> yeah, uh, for real, you you really yeah. can. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I do think that overall, this is the type of trade I am trying to make if I'm in a bad situation. We all have had certain superflex teams where we needed to acquire quarterbacks and we were taking dart throws early. So if you're going to take dart throws on Darnold, thirds, I guess, are the dart throws I'm throwing. But, Matt, you say 24, just the 24 third for Baker? Give me that. Because at least he's starting day one, and at least if he has a couple of good games, maybe you can tear up from there. But So you're both saying that even here in a super flex format, starting 10 players, you would rather have two third-round picks than Sam Darnold. Yeah, because I could go get Stetson Bennett with one of those thirds. And I would rather have Stetson Bennett than Sam Darnold. Yeah, fair. 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to be lumped into that one. I don't want to <laughs> do it. Lock. Come on, join me. Trust me. Trust no, me. No, no. I'm, definitely, I'm not scoffing at it for sure. I, if I wrote in the show sheet, if I need to make this trade, then I probably need to make this trade. So <laughs> if, if that's the case, yeah. and, and I have been in a situation where I felt like oh, I just got to, I just got to th- throw some crap at the fan and see if it hits. Then, then this yeah. is sometimes the move you just got to do to to course correct. I mean, hey, well, I mean, what if you, what if you're a team, you know, one point seven five tight end premium? What if you're rocking Brock Purdy, George Kittle, you know, and you're you're a contending team? You say, hey, I'll throw a third next year and a third the year after that, and I'll try and maybe you know plug up a, a QB Keep hole that, if, yeah. if 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 Purdy gets hurt. So there, there's some nuance like to it, but just looking at the trade, you know, obviously I'm taking the two thirds. That's a great point to bring up because yeah, if you're just if you're buying insurance, this is a fair price for insurance. But if you're not protecting a valuable stack like Purdy, Kittle, Purdy, Ayuk, Purdy, Samuel, we're all in. I what? Ayuk. Oh, what would I say? I I heard Ayuk. Ayuk, maybe I'm horrible. (laughs) I just I'll throw out Jay. You can you can attest this. I will just say names, and you're like what? I'm like, what? What would I say? Speaking what of, I... while we're on this topic, did you guys see Devon Achain added an apostrophe to his name, just like wistfully? Devon? Now, what is it? Devoin? It's like Devon his first name or Achain. last name. He added an apostrophe in between the E and the V. It's D E apostrophe capital V. Now, check Devon. sleeper. Check everywhere. It like ran. It's not that way on the Texas A&M site. I've been talking about Devon Achain all off season. It has never been that way. But I just drafted him in a startup and D E apostrophe V O N on sleeper and everywhere now, even on the Miami Dolphins page. This is how you stay in the headlines. I respect it. Stay Devon A Chain and Brandon Ayuk. What did I say? Ayuk. Horrible. All right, let's move on to the next trade before you guys roast me even more. 12 team, half point PPR, super flex, tight end premium start 12. Boys. This is a grade A certified banger. Six player trade or six asset trade. Bijan Robinson, T. Higgins, Michael Meyer, and a 24 second for Ken Walker, Jamar Chase. Matt, what side of this trade do you want? Whew. <laughs> this is, I stared at this for so long. The trade calculator didn't help. And I just, I simply couldn't decide what i wanted to do and and i think this all comes down to jamar chase and t higgins and it's how you view those two assets if you're a part of the camp that t higgins is overvalued at you know at wide receiver 11 which i don't think he is then you're probably taking walker and chase because you'd rather have an asset and running back that's not Bijan Robinson, but a top 10 back. And then a dynasty cornerstone, wide receiver one or wide receiver two for the next 10 years in Jamar Chase. My only issue with that is that Jamar Chase has yet to break away from T. Higgins that much. And there's a lot of assumptions that he will. And there's a lot of assumptions that T. Higgins will, will bounce. So we're looking tight end premium. I'm not the biggest Michael Mayer believer, which is another part of this that that just that makes it incredibly tough for me to buy. But I think I'm just going to take the collection of assets. I'm going to take the take Bijan Robinson, who can be the RB one for the next three to five seasons. I'm going to take T Higgins, who's going to be 
probably a top 12 receiver, if not, you know, in the 15 to 12 range, like competing for that wide receiver one spot. And then Michael Mayer, who's going to be the number two target in this offense, the number three, there's a lot of targets open for Michael Mayer. And then you get a pick in the 2024 second rounder with, you know, in Superflex tight end premium, that second round pick could be pretty valuable still, especially if it's in the top half. So I completely flipped my take here uh, from <laughs> but I, I'm going to take the top half. Okay. I mean, the, those are significant assets. If you're going to come correct for this, for Ken Walker, Jamar Chase, this is the type of offer you're going to have to pony up. Jason, if you roster Jamar Chase and you roster Ken Walker the third, and you see this four-piece package, are you hitting the accept button? I, it's like making me think so hard. As you know, last week I literally said I'm not trading Jamar Chase unless I get Justin Jefferson plus, and I won't trade Justin Jefferson unless I get Jamar Chase plus. But this is a factor of other assets that kind this of – This is. This is Jamar Chase for B. John Robinson and Jamar Chase's backup, and that's all I'm going to call team. Mm. <laughs> yes! I do want to go to Matt's point about just – uh, Jamar Chase hasn't separated himself from T Higgins enough. That is kind of true, but you can look at target total and see that last year T Higgins only had one more target uh, than he did in 2021, 111 targets versus 110. Uh, and last year Jamar Chase did miss five games with his hip injury. So the fact that he didn't get significantly more targets, despite being on the field without Jamar Chase for five extra games, I think does show that Jamar Chase is getting more volume in this offense. Uh, and will probably continue to grow. However, you know, the wide receiver two on the Cincinnati Bengals is an incredibly valuable role, especially with someone as talented as T. Higgins. So I think you've probably, if you are a sane-minded dynasty manager who's not incredibly attached to Jamar Chase, you probably have to take the top side. But I think if I roster Jamar Chase and Kenneth Walker, I don't think I'm pressing the accept button. I don't think I am. See, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I'm not, I would never speak for you, Jason, but you know, we've been doing the show a long time together. We talk a lot about dynasty yeah. fantasy football together. When I saw this trade, I said to myself, Jason would not say yes to this. He wouldn't take it. And I know how much you love Bijan. I do. Yeah. But yeah. I just know how much you value Jamar chase. I know how much he means like in terms of your roster building here. Uh, but I'm actually I think it's so it's super, super close. This is a yeah. any which way you dice up these this offer, it gets tilted on one end. It makes well, you rethink that's it. The problem. That's the, it that's the overall problem. It's here's what tie, here's here's what broke the tie for me. You guys kind of touched upon a lot of the the the, the player breakdowns and I kind of see it pretty similarly. So I, I, there's not a lot of pushback I'll give there. But for me, what broke the tie was this. And this is something you you can't really say he's going to happen one way or another. It's just something that I think is probably in the range of outcomes. It's an out in terms of the players you're acquiring. I think there is a chance that T Higgins a year from now is on a new team and he is that wide receiver one studdo. And he does solidify himself in terms of his talent. Cause we all believe that T Higgins is very talented. He's had two of the last of his three years in the NFL over a thousand yards. And the one year he wasn't was 900 yards. He's been inside of the top 30 each of the last two years. And I think there's a ceiling to that. I also believe that if he were to go like, let's just say th hypothetically that this is earth, you know, three, one, eight, and we go to earth, whatever the other earth is in the Marvel MCU. 
what if T. Higgins was the wide receiver that went to the Chicago Bears? What if T. Higgins was the wide receiver on the market that was traded for a round one pick and became that alpha? And that, to me, that possibility of T. Higgins leaving the Bengals and being a bona fide wide receiver one is enough for me to sway it in the direction of the Bijan and the assets trade because I think the all of the assets together, because, Matt, you said you're not a believer in Mayer. I do like Michael Mayer, so that only just drives what you said even higher. Bijan over Ken Walker, we all agree to that. And Michael Mayer is second and T. Higgins for Jamar Chase, although I don't know if I would pull the trigger on that individually. But when you put it all together, I think we're on the same page here again, guys. We're taking the package over Jamar Chase, which is a revelation, right, Jason? We've... No, I, I think that is – I just – do you think that T. Higgins wide receiver one is better than T. Higgins wide receiver two on the Bengals? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Opportunity is king. I do. If he, king. if he go, it doesn't – I don't – I mean, he got a 24% target share in 2021. Right. So if he goes if he goes back to that, then, then right. yeah. He was I, wide I receiver mean, 12 Higgins. on a points per game basis that year. Now, for I, I don't really know what the cause of this was, but I mean his his red zone target share was cut in half, and then his target share went from twenty four percent to nineteen percent from 21, 2021 to twenty twenty two. So I don't know if if we're gonna see the twenty twenty two opportunity, then yeah, T Higgins wide receiver one on another team is better. But if he's gonna go back to where he was in twenty twenty one, which I expect him to finish closer to, then it's close. But but if it's similar opportunity shares, then yeah, give me the give me the higher powered offense. But there's just no guarantee of what offense that is. True, for sure, for sure. But I also I we've seen it now over the the course of the last three to five years that, that these teams that do acquire wide receiver ones, we've seen it now with older guys like Diggs and Hill. We've seen it with younger guys like AJ Brown. And I'm hoping we see it again with DJ Moore. That if this was to happen, and again, if you're telling me that the one end of the spectrum is he just signs long term with Joe Burrow. And then the other end of the spectrum, he signs long-term to be player, you know, QBX's wide receiver. When I think both those outcomes are good enough for me that I'm going to stick to this, this package here. But it's crazy because there's a lot of talk that Jamar Chase will be the first ever 2,000-yard receiver in 2020. 3,000. Make it three. Make it three. Okay. <laughs> so we got – that's going to wrap up the trade breakdowns. But now we're going to get into the, the fan favorite segment that you all been waiting for. It's time to buy and sell. And today we're talking about three players in the buy or sell segment. JSN, Najee Harris, and Cooper Cup. Let's get through these boys. Matt, what are you saying here? Well, let's start with – actually, you're the guest show. Who, who should we start with? What player do you want to talk about first? Well, I actually don't want to – I don't want to – talk about Cooper cup first, because I already went into the show sheet after Jason wrote up his opinion on Cooper cup and my notes in the show sheet are <laughs> what he said. So I was already kind of planning on just kind of coattailing him there. So let's start. Let's start with Cooper cup. Jason, you give your take on Cooper cup and we'll, we'll, we'll knock it right off the show sheet. Go. Let's talk. Yeah, about I Cooper mean, by yourself. It's a total cop-out answer, but it ultimately comes down to what kind of team you have. If you are contending, you've got to hold on to him or go out to try to acquire him. The risk is worth it. If you are not contending, you should be selling. Uh, Just to talk about the player a little bit, we're talking about a wide receiver who has now had back-to-back number one overall points per game seasons. The Rams are going to be getting better. Stafford is reportedly healthy. They're not in their Super Bowl hangover. And even though he was injured last year and we're perhaps concerned that he's going to lose a step 
what made him so good is not his athleticism. It's understanding defenses. It's his connection with Matthew Stafford. And it's just plain and simple route running, uh, which, you know, you don't have to be necessarily extremely explosive for if you are running the correct route and you have the connection that you do with Matthew Stafford. Plus, I believe that Cam Akers is bouncing back. That'll just open up the offense. Right now, he's wide receiver 16. Some players in that range that I would be sending for him. If I'm a win now, Ross, if I'm winning now and I want to acquire Cooper Cup, I would be sending DJ Moore. I would be sending Devontae Adams. I would be sending Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Jordan Addison, Traylon Burks, Michael Pittman. I think that that's some good players in that range. And then if I am sending away Cooper Cup because I'm rebuilding, I'm looking for basically any of the higher drafted uh, second year wide receivers like Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Jamison Williams, uh, plus, or some of the rookies this year, plus as well, Jordan Addison, Quinn and Johnson. I would like something thrown on top. You can maybe perhaps get a little risky and try for Debo Samuel plus, and I call it a hot take, but I think Jerry Judy plus could be an interesting sell as well, depending on what that plus is. Uh, but I think that that should put you guys in the right ballpark. Matt? Yeah, I I quite literally agree with, with all of Jason's points besides any notion of buying Jerry Judy. <laughs> other or Quentin Johnson in in my opinion we so okay. we talked on on the the newly rebranded dynasty roundtable last night uh, about how I'm buying Traylon Burks I'm selling Quentin Johnston and Jerry Judy but that's kind of beside the point here I agree with <laughs> I agree with pretty much everything Jason said there on Cooper Cup I think an interesting play if you're a Devonta Smith manager is to fork over Devonta Smith for Cooper Cup plus win now and later uh, I, I feel like Devonta Smith has crept up the rankings to a point where his value can't get much higher without being a number one target and or or without his team completely flipping the script and going pass heavy, which I don't know if we expect is going to happen anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a sneaky sell if you want to sell high on an asset. But yeah, uh, if you're contending, buy, uh, not contending, sell. It is what it is. I'm agreeing with this. That's why we went with Cooper Cup first because we all just kind of agree with Jason. Now, let's move on to Najee Harris, the guy you want to kick it off with, Matt. Are you buying or selling Najee Harris? I'm buying. His, he's getting a value deflation because of Eliz Franck last season that he played through. And <laughs> he played through Eliz Franck, got an absurd opportunity share, and, and still finished as – I don't have it up in front of me, but it was back 19, RB19 RB with, with still 40-plus receptions on a list frog. He had 74 receptions his rookie season. I, I understand that it was Ben Roethlisberger, and he couldn't throw more than two yards down the field, and that's why Deontay Johnson had his only good season in his career. But Najee, Najee Harris is in route for an 80% – opportunity share 75 percent opportunity yep. share listen if you're buying jalen warren on efficiency on a small sample size i have bad news for you that is a game that most people lose it's just a bet that most often doesn't pan out i, I i'm i'm intrigued by jalen warren personally but we go with an asset who's been a proven workhorse and couldn't be spelled off the field even with a broken foot <laughs> running back with a broken foot it, it, Warren wasn't pushing him off the field that often 
So I'm completely buying his values way too low right now. I've already acquired in certain dynasty leagues um, that I'm trying to position and start to compete in. So yeah, I, I couldn't be more in on Najee at his current value. I'm buying Najee as well. I, I I think at the end of the day, you're looking at a player who finished as, you know, running back 19 on a points per game basis. If you sell, I think you're going to get running back 15 to 18 prices. Yeah. I'm much rather trying to buy at that price point than sell at that price point. He's running back 13 in a keep trade cut. We have him a little bit higher in our rankings because we're smarter here at Player Profiler. But I'm buying to love the schedule. Not a believer in Jalen. Not 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 necessarily not a believer of Jalen Warren, but he's not like overly athletic. He's actually not an athletic guy. And Mike Tomlin has been a one running back coach almost his entire career. Where yep. that's kind of how he plays it. So if you're telling me that the market value across most you know fantasy ecosystems is running back 15, 18 for Najee Harris, let me buy at that price and let me cash in later on however I want. So I'm buying as well. Jason, are you buying or selling Najee Harris? Yeah, definitely buying Najee Harris. I actually don't believe in Jalen Warren at all. I think it's entirely likely that he only saw the field so much because of Najee Harris's Liz Frank injury that, again, was totally played through all 17 games. That's just entirely unheard of. And while doing that, only had two games under 9.9 points. I had to move it from 10 to 9.9 because he did have a 9.9 game. But still, <laughs> but still. You scallywag. <laughs> man, my, a man like me would just lie. <laughs> Go look at a roundup, baby. <laughs> No, no lying here. <laughs> two games under 9.9. Uh, and two 20-plus point games, you know, fifth and fifth and carries, sixth and red zone touches, tenth and opportunity share, again, playing through a broken foot. It's going to get better. The Steelers' offense is going to get better. I, I honestly can't think of a bigger buy at this range right now than Najee Harris. Okay, so now let me ask you this now, Jason. The third guy that we're showing here is Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba, the first wide receiver off the board in the 2023 rookie class. Are you buying or selling JSN? I'm buying. I'm buying. Uh, it's 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 hard to buy right now, but I think that it is a pill that you have to swallow with a player as talented as he is. And his situation, let's face it, can only get better. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both have been really healthy throughout their career. So I'm not really going to be like, oh, they could get injured. He could come out there. But still, Lockett's going to be 31 next year. So even if he does finish this season, he's out within the next two more than likely. Plus, you know, historically, the Seahawks maybe haven't run a lot of three wide receiver sets, but that could totally change. They seem to believe in Geno Smith now. And when you spend that kind of capital on a wide receiver, you're not just going to not use him. Uh, so I, I think he's going to get volume this year. I think he'll be more effective even in redraft leagues than people are expecting him to be. And again, I think his value can only go up from here. So even with the price tag that he is carrying, I'm still going to buy. I'm going to bite the bullet. Matt, are you buying or selling JSN? Yeah, I think he's priced pretty efficiently for a situation. You know, yeah. like Jason said, you know, with with year, there's there's some uncertainty year one. And maybe he's he's slightly overpriced considering that. But I mean, let's let's face it, Dynasty is Dynasty for a reason. And he's going to be a little bit overpriced for year one because of what his long term situation looks like. And I think we're getting a discount because of the uncertainty, which and like Jason said, it's all because you know Lockett's still there and then they run through you know, they don't often run three receiver sets and and that kind of stuff is is generally more personnel driven than it is coaching decision driven. 
100%. So if you have the personnel to run three receiver sets, you're going to be run three, running three receiver yeah, sets right, right. because you have three incredibly talented receivers who are going to spread the field out in such a way that, that Gino's going to have somebody open to throw to every time he drops back to pass. So I, 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 when you look at JSN's talent profile, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, we were all, he's the undisputed wide receiver one. It, mm-hmm. uh, so much hype going into this season. He's got the draft capital. I'm very willing to bet on that at his current price. And yep. so that being said, I think it's tougher on in actuality than it is on paper to buy him at his current price after rookie drafts are over once the emotional ties have been established. So if you can actually buy at that price, then I'm in, but I, I think dynasty managers who go to make offers for first JSN are going to be surprised when they're met with some pretty inflated counter offers. That's a, that's a fantastic point. It is, but I will also say I'll, I'll add to that. I think that even if you get a, a, a counter that seems to be a little bit pricey, for what you for the arena you're looking to step into, I'm still looking to buy even at an inflated price point, and here's why. Week one, the Rams. Week two, at Detroit. Week three, Carolina. Week four, at the Giants. Week six, at the Bengals. I think there's a lot of shootout and good game script potential for the Seahawks, and I think there will be a price bump. I think that JSN's that type of talented receiver. That within these first, you know, five or six weeks of the season, he's going to have a monster game, and once he has one, that price goes up no matter what. So I'm even okay buying now because I do believe that when we're talking by, you know, Thanksgiving, not even Thanksgiving before that, Halloween, a little bit after Halloween, we're going to be looking at JSN a different way because I think he's going to have one massive spike week, and in Dynasty you have to capitalize on those because at that point I'd rather have him on my roster to decide. Should I sell now high or should I ride the wave rather than wait until that spike and then have to buy an even more inflated price point? But, Matt, you're 100% right. Someone drafted JSN, they either reached for him or got him at a value, and they're going to have a little bit of love for him. So there will be a whatever you're expecting to pay, if you're not expecting to go 10% over, don't even send the initial offer because you're not going to get JSN right now. That's a good call. The people need to remember and learn from Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Look where they're at in Dynasty rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both top eight options. Yeah. So if JSN has a similar type of rookie season, Garrett Wilson didn't truly break out. You know, his box scored numbers weren't jaw dropping. Right. Right. So JSN can realistically put up a similar season. And if that's happening, man, he's a top 10 asset. And if he's a top 10 yeah. asset, you're going to be sorry that you didn't buy when you had the chance. Yeah. Try trading for, like you said, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave right now. That is tough Cummings. But that is the wrap on Trade Gods this week. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Take the time to plug everything you're on, everything you're working on, all that good stuff. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. So we've already run a couple ads and talked about it. The draft kit's out. Uh, that's been what I've put a lot of work into, uh, you know, as, as so have a lot of people. So, you know, go, go get it, go read through it, reach out to your, you know, your favorite analysts with your favorite takes and let them know, you know, how you feel about them. You know, I know a lot of people put in a lot of work, go give, go give our guy Theo Greminger a shout out for, oh, yeah. for all the work he did, you know, the last minute, um, you know, just seeing all the community, even just the communications that I was a part of in the final days, I know that got hectic. So yeah, uh, big shout out to him. And, and, you know, thanks to everybody at player profile for letting me contribute uh, Wednesdays, Seth Dewald and I co-host the dynasty Roundtable. You know, it's a, it's the fantasy football's premier dynasty Roundtable discussion podcast. What else can I say about it? Wednesdays at 7 PM central tune in. 
we got uh we got some special guests coming in the next couple of weeks so uh some big things coming on that podcast and then jason kind of teased it we're doing the win your league with player profiler series a collab with six of player profile six player profiler analysts three of which you are seeing on your screen right now so you can get three takes plus three others from theo seth and jack cavanaugh and so we have done breakout running backs, breakout receivers, breakout tight ends is coming soon. Should be coming out tomorrow if, I, if I'm if i keeping track of everything correctly. Uh, and then we're going to be doing breakout quarterbacks next. And we're not stopping there. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue throughout the entirety of the 2023 season bringing you takes that are going to win your league. So, yeah, that, that's what I got to plug. Thanks for having me on. This was incredibly fun. And hey, we'll definitely have you on again, Jason. Let the people know where they can find you. Yep. Find me on Twitter at JFootballWine. And then you can follow all of the social medias that I'm running right now. The Instagram, the Facebook, and now the TikTok, Player Profiler TikTok, Roto Underworld Instagram, Player Profiler Facebook are the usernames. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Wake and Take, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., talking about whatever news is going on or whatever else I feel like talking about that morning. And, of course, the best dynasty trade show in the entire world trade gods every thursday night at 8 p.m with my man my friend maddie kiwum where can they find you you can find me on twitter at maddie kiwum like jason said trade gods each and every thursday the game plan comes out on saturdays you can check that out this saturday we'll have tyler football on we're talking best ball it is best ball season yeah anything i I pump out is pretty much coming through playerprofile.com world famous draft kit very proud to be a part of that it's the best draft kit Mm -hmm. on planet earth and if you just can't get enough of me you could also go to my patreon patreon.com slash the executives so he's jason online i'm maddie kewen we were joined by the great matt babbage we are the trade gods see you next week peace